Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive, Uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. Now the game wouldn't be over. Oklahoma scored plenty of time. Two timeouts and a minute three left. Here we go. Looking for the lead. Cornelius behind. Hello and welcome to the Week 12 edition of the Schooner Pod. I'm Bobby Howard, here with my co-host Jameson Maxwell. And my God, that was uh, that was a, a really rough one. There's no no way to cut around it. That was rough. Yeah, I mean, if Corn Donkey can throw an out route good, it'd be a different story. But the whole talk was, could we have run it down and score a field goal in that one minute if he did get that two point conversion? Yeah, and I think I, I think the offense would have been fine. I it, in, in the stands, I kept thinking, you know, like, hey, this is this is Kyler, this is this offense, it's gonna be fine. But honestly, I I don't know. I don't know when it, when it when it when it came down to it. I don't really know how to think about how Corn Dog played because you could tell they're daring him to make some throws, and he definitely looked like the Corn Dog we've been making fun of for the it past makes me thirteen want to weeks. Puke that he had five hundred yards versus. That's the worst part, and I, I feel like a lot of that. A lot of those yards came on the backs of his receivers, which uh-huh. I mean, Ty, uh, Tylon Jones and Tylon or Tylon Wallace. Wallace and Tyron Johnson, they, they're, those names are way too similar. Um, I mean, they, they had a field day on us, especially Tylon Wallace. And I mean, you'd think that they were six foot four plus receivers, but I mean, Tylon Wallace semifinals for the Blendkoff that just came out. Uh, he's six foot guy, and I mean, you, we've done decently well with six footers. And I thought that since we were going against smaller receivers, we had a good chance in our secondary. But it just we were even more exposed. Yeah, I mean, you could see that they what they would do. They just throw throw the ball over the top, let let uh, Wallace or Johnson get it, or throw a short one and you know let him you know let, let them kind of get, go to work. But it we we didn't really force Corn Dog to make any tough plays. I feel like he he made he made a couple good throws, but anytime there was any real pressure, he had a. You know, just a a goose like he did in the sec in that two point conversion. Yeah, I feel like he'd just throw it up the seam, and then not he'd just abuse our guys that are giving him a ten yard cushion and just throw a little screen routes. I mean, I feel like there's only one time I was actually pleased with the result when Trey Norwood came up and busted that screen route. Uh, but other than that, it's just like I said last week. I'm seeing reminiscence of that Mike Stoops defense and the cushions more and more and more. We've got to believe that. This is more of an OU culture thing and the whole coaching staff that does this rather than just the one man, the martyr, the scapegoat of Mike Stoops. Yeah, and I, I think you could tell the cushioning wasn't work, working because OSU, I think the number was they had the most uh, first downs in a game of any team against anyone this season. 
So I, the, the thing is, it, it was not working, and the lack of adjustment by Ruffin McNeil, the just it was just it was one of the worst cornerbacking games we saw all year um it, and when when analysts say that our defense is getting worse it really does look like it's getting worse but i feel like we kind of called this when we had a couple good games against uh Kansas State and TC we're like hey we haven't seen the real show yet. We haven't played any premier offenses, and whenever we go against Texas Tech, who has a reputation doing great on offense, they go up and they put their points up. Same thing with LSU, same um, reputation. And it's whenever we had, we just got roughing for our first defense coordinator, first two games were just trash offenses. Um, before we fired Mike, uh, we the good offenses we played, I guess Texas, you know, still put up yeah. a lot of points on us, and we held the teams that were not that good of offenses to low scoring. I mean, with Iowa State, we held them to what twenty four points was it? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. it was, was twenty four thirty four. Yeah, thirty four twenty four. Yeah. So, really, it's it's been about it's been some solid run defense, I think, since Army. Yes. Which I think that was more due to the offense than their actual running backs. But man, the passing defense has just been atrocious, especially within within those ten yards. I feel like. And it was one thing that was really weird is little boy Justice Hill only got five carries. They were really relying on Chuba Hubbard or Chuba Hubbard or whatever, you know? Yeah, uh, he had a hell of a game. And he did really, really well. But, I mean, little boy Justice Hill, we thought that this guy was, like, unanimous all Big 12 first team uh, running back. And they're only giving the guy five carries. Yeah, here's a hot take for you. I think that the Justice Hill uh, Instagram might have been, been a smokescreen. He might have been he might have been talking all this trash, and you you focus on Justice Hill. Don't even look at Chuba Hubbard coming out here with this totally different power running game. Yeah, and and the thing is with Chuba at the beginning of the season, like he was number three. He worked up above King and then Hill, and that's the guys that we talked about in the preseason. And it's really kind of weird because yeah, it could have been a smokescreen, but Hill's been really underappreciated by Gundy the whole year. That's been a big knock on him. Whenever they were doing really poor and they had their skid, uh, they were wondering why were they throwing the ball so much with Corn Dog and not giving the ball to Justice Hill. Justice Hill's not getting nearly enough carries. That was the common common thing on OSU radio all over Oklahoma. And I and it came today where I looked at the five carries and then I yeah he didn't get the ball that much. And it's kind of hidden in the stats because you see how good OSU did on offense, but you're wondering why isn't this superstar running the ball more? Yeah, it, it was really weird. He didn't he didn't get any receptions as well. Um, Chuba Chuba got five for fifty yards. That's impressive. So it it was just one of those really weird games where I I don't know. OSU definitely did do more interesting things. I thought they were way more aggressive than they have been. Obviously, going for two that. Probably was the right move, honestly. And, and that's just, he watched the West Virginia game last week, and that's exactly what he wanted to do. It was a good and, call. And I mean, it, it was a great call, and he was there. Trey Brown did not make a good play on that ball. They He, he deflected it because they threw it at his feet. Like, if you would have thrown that to the outside, like, it would have been an easy two. Um I don't know if we would have ran the ball up the field and got ourselves a field goal. It would have been kind of scary thinking about what uh, Cyber did versus Army. Yeah, uh, for sure. But um, that's a alternate universe that we don't have to worry about. Thankfully, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I feel I feel really blessed that we got out of this game. But it was one of those games where I feel like we always were kind of like, oh, God, there's OSU kind of nipping on our tails. But I never really felt too threatened. Like, I felt threatened in that Army game. Like, 
oh god, we're gonna lose. I felt threatened that Texas game. Obviously, we we lost. But in this OSU game, I don't know. It just I feel like we just it was really close the whole time. But I felt like we had it under wraps. I felt like the thing that really kind of. I feel like the biggest thing with the OSU game and why I wasn't really afraid, because I feel you on that. I think it's just because of the amount of mistakes they made. The oh, missed yeah. field goal, the missed, missed extra oh, point. Goodness. It just felt like they're going to poke choke into something. And I, this isn't a poke choke, but... The missed extra point was that was That was an absolute... That was an absolute choke. They did their choking in the mid, middle part of the game. Like, without the... They may make that extra point. We don't even know what happens in overtime. I... I I think our defense is fantastic within you know twenty five yards at times. Uh, uh, definitely red zone efficiency. Red zone, <laughs> they asked Ruffin McNeil yesterday uh, what he thinks his defense is good. I goes, uh, it's critical stops a, posi- a uh, thing. I, He's I like, guess. look at all, look at all the two point conversions we've and then foiled. The Army interception. I guess we yeah. made the big plays at the right time and got out of it. But I mean. I think that's more just luck than anything. I, it definitely is luck. Yeah. Well, the army interception, the guy threw it into Dylan Famatu's helmet. Like, that was not Famatu. Famatu no. was just standing there and just, it just, just hit him in the face. And got, it was a, that ball could have bounced any way, shape, or form, and it went up straight into the air right into Kenneth Mann. Yeah, and then the army two-point conversion, I mean, it's, you know, fourth down and you're trying to have an army guy throw the ball. It's not going to work. Yeah, no, it was... Yeah, we have been making those plays, but can we attribute that to us rather than to the teams that we're playing against? It's more of their fault rather than our doing. I think it's just luck. I will say this, though. College Football Playoff Committee, rank Army. They, they're they going to have a 10-win season. Just, just rank them. Yeah, no, you got to make in uh, for certain people that are in the big primetime games that weekend to make sure that they're ranked in the 23, 24 area. Yeah. They're going to do that every time just for publicity. Like, Okay, Cincinnati deserved it the whole year before. Yeah. And they just came out at 23. They finally gave them the ranking the week before, I mean, the week of that they play UCF. It's stupid. And it's and they and they do this all the time. Every single week they do this. It's like, I mean, I, 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 you, you go back every single week and go look at, what was it, Fresno State that one week when yeah. they got ranked randomly? And then they, all of a sudden... They threw they, them in for the Alabama because yeah. they're like, oh, we need someone to boost Bama. And yeah. it's just it's sickening. And Mississippi State should not be in there at all. And okay, so the top ten just um, came out and is unchanged. I I'm gonna go rant about this a little bit. I think it's an absolute travesty that they kept West Virginia at nine. I I, I just doesn't make any sense why LSU is still stuck at seven. Oh, I, I they say they say it's because they evaluate it every single week and they don't look to the future. LSU has no chance going to the playoffs, but they're higher over a team that has still a chance to make the playoffs. LSU is two loss team. West Virginia is one one loss team. West Virginia's lost to a good Iowa State team who's also getting undervalued in the rankings. Just now got a good jump, but, I mean, that's a good loss. Yeah, not only that, but what did LSU just do this week? They barely beat Arkansas. By, they by won seven. by seven. That's, that's a joke. Arkansas is a two-win two team. One of them is, one of the losses is to North, North Texas at home. That's a, That's appalling. That is yep. just and, and I'm pretty sure North Texas just lost to Old Dominion, if I'm right. <laughs> yes, they did. Although, shout out Old Dominion, yeah. I, I I don't know how that happened, but uh, that I thought that I was looking at that line. I was like, that looks pretty good for North Texas. I mean, North Texas got a squad, and they go up and lose to Old Dominion, one of the teams at the beginning of the season that many thought would be the worst in the all of FBS. Old Dominion, I guess, just only shows up for big games because they they beat North Texas yes. and then they beat Virginia Tech and then have not done squat. Well, I mean, if you're Old Dominion, 
to be completely honest, I would trade anything from a season just to go out and win my two big games than lose for the rest. Oh, that, yeah. That's just fine if you win the big ones. Well, that's what matters. They're, they're not going to do anything. So that, that was talking Old Dominion. I, we actually, Ty Lee, we got Old Dominion talk on there for you, buddy. Completely natural, in fact. And just, Ty Lee, also shout out to you. I believe I saw on the Blendikoff award list, there's a guy named Ty Lee's in the semifinals. So yeah. go, go and look him up. So, yeah, he's actually just out there. The little ginger kid's out there running around. He's not in there. He's not in the Marines, nah. Anyways, so um, other things about the top top twenty five. Iowa State's rising. I think that's huge for OU stock. Um, I know. I know there are some doubters and some haters out there, of which there are many, that think that the Iowa State win doesn't matter because they didn't have Brock Purdy. Shut up. You know, I, I think I sure it's not as good of a win, but to consider it a trash win, I think that's ridiculous. Ames is a tough place to play in. And I think I think the defense is, is good. I think uh, Montgomery is pretty solid. Obviously, it can be Keem Butler's really good. That's a good win. It's not not the best win in the world, but you know what? I'll take it. Well, obviously, you would have wished to beat them whenever they started getting more notoriety. But I mean, we were given Iowa State and we beat them. I mean, what else can we ask for? You can't dock us for not going out and doing our job. Okay, we didn't cover, but I mean, you don't play betting lines whenever you're picking. Like the rankings. No, and I, I, I also think at the time Iowa State's line that line would be different. If OU and Iowa State played right now with, uh, with what, what was their guy's name? Is like uh, Dexter Jester? Uh, I don't, uh, don't know. Uh, well, they had Kyle this, this Camp. Terrible. Kyle Camp got hurt, and then Zeb Nolan. Zeb came Nolan. In. That's what it was. Just yeah. some. And then awful Zeb man. Nolan's transferring now, so good luck to Zeb. Yeah, he'll be a second fiddle somewhere else. But the point of the matter is, OU came out and beat him. It's not like. It's not like scheduling, you know, Arkansas State, you know, or, you know, Louisville going two and eight or something. That's a, this, this Iowa State win's a good win. So hopefully, I don't really know where we're at right now. Do we want Iowa State to keep winning, or do we need, do we need Iowa State to beat Texas? What is what I'm basically trying to I, say. I I don't know because I kind of would like. I think I think the committee. Just, a very easily influential group of people would like to see Oklahoma go and avenge their loss versus Texas and kind of like, look, we came into this game. They're talking about the CFP show. I think it was Herb Street who said they would really like to see us come in and be- show us that we are a better team than we were at that time. We went into a neutral location versus Texas, lost, and then at the end of the season we go into another neutral location and win, therefore showing that we've made improvements. Yeah, And that would definitely be a huge gain for us. Um, that's what I'm kind of cheering for at this point, even though I don't want to see Texas again just because of the fact it's I, I feel like it's sacred to play them in the, in the Cotton Bowl. Best, I mean, for my personal use, I think it'd just be nice to just play West Virginia back-to-back. That's still two good wins. And, and if you look aside, like take that aside and say, oh, yeah, you had to play them back-to-back, you know how hard it is to beat a team back-to-back that is a legitimate team? Because they're going to adjust to you right after that. Whoever wins that first game is way susceptible to losing that second game. Uh, for sure. And I think I think another thing to look at when it comes to an you know, OU-Texas rematch versus, you know, not, um, that would require West Virginia losing Oklahoma State. So mm-hmm. that would diminish that win um, because you wouldn't let if West Virginia lost to SU, they'd probably drop to in like mid teens. That doesn't look as good, you know. A top a top ten West Virginia win that that's good. You need that. Now, if Iowa State beats Texas, they control their destiny. Um, assuming OU beats West Virginia in this case, because we don't we don't care about any situation that doesn't involve OU. 
not yeah. for this conversation. So it would be I would it would be OU Iowa State basically. As OU fans, yes, you would kind of like to see Iowa State because it's I don't know it's kind of a weird. We kind of cheer for them almost. Like I, I know yeah. you do because you always like you like betting them on the lines. Yes. Oh no, it's been fun. But, uh, but they betrayed me. We'll get to that later. <laughs> but uh, with yeah, that that was a sad time. But uh, uh, the thing is with Iowa State is whenever you look at championship games and in the Big 12, we've always had a problem the whole time that we began like these championship games when we didn't have them of having legitimacy. And if we play Iowa State in the championship game, that is not something that's going to pop off the paper as legitimate. No. Uh, we're not going to get much from that and that's going to be one of those games where we wish that we just would have kept the round robin format. But if we play someone who's legitimate, like a well-hyped Texas coming in after winning a bunch of games, a well-hyped West Virginia that we just beat in a big thing, a game the week before, now that has some pop for the committee. Yeah. But um, I think it's very, very bad towards our um, Big 12's conference legitimacy if we play again versus Iowa State. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that, and it's, it's tricky. Uh, the only thing I'm, I'm afraid of, I'm, I'm terrified of is. Uh, if we played Texas again, you know, Sam Ellinger remembered that we put the horns down. Oh, we did. Oh. And I'm afraid to see what Sam Ellinger would do because, I, I, oh man, dude, I, I don't know. He, he remembers us. He could kick my butt. I don't yes, want him to yeah, kick my butt. Uh, no, that that is, okay, <laughs> go go West Virginia, go OSU. We need, we need everything. Pull out all the stops. We can't go against Sam Ellinger yeah, again. Exactly. Okay, cool. Hook them <laughs> or whatever. Ugh, we're not we're not going to dive into yeah, that I'm rabbit hole. That. I don't want to do that. But anyways, um, what's a couple of random little tidbits from the game that you picked up? Uh I don't know. Um, I really thought it was interesting how many receivers Kyler threw to. I, I liked I liked that bit of an element because I feel like I feel like in the past we've focused too much on Hollywood Brown, CD Lamp, just launch it deep. But I feel like he really. Uh, really kind of distributed it around a bit. Uh, obviously, Hollywood Brown got eight receptions, but you see you see a lot... lot. I don't know. I feel like there was some distribution here with Lamb, uh, Carson Meyer, that a little bit more Lee, Lee Morris, a little Trey Sermon, Nick Baskin showed up, some Miles Tease. I don't know. I, 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 liked, I liked the distribution a bit. Yeah, the biggest thing for me that I saw was Caleb Kelly moved to the Sam linebacker position right off the bat. That... I, I had to like blink a couple times to look out there and see that he was playing it. He had moved back to his old position. That's the best thing for Oklahoma if he's at that position, but the worst thing for his future in the game. Yeah. Because next season he's going to have to go play that inside linebacker spot that will whenever Curtis leaves. Uh, but he's moved over, and I think it's we're at the point where we just need something different. Um we need to have some kind of spark in our defense, and it really didn't work. But he did really well, and I was I was really happy in how he played. He had seven tackles, uh, and he did really good at that spot. Obviously, it's going to take him a little time to brush off the cobwebs and get back into that same spot. But Ryan Jones was not cutting it for us at that no. point, and he was missing a lot of assignments. We were taking him off the field as much as possible, and we're really kind of hoping to play more and more of that four three. So we really need more. Uh, linebacker play out of Caleb Kelly. Of course. I think that was really big. And then the other thing would be Neville Gallimore going down. That worries me with our defensive line depth. 
I think he's okay. Once again, we won't know until this weekend. He posted something, a picture of him at some restaurant with all of his family uh, after the game, and he seemed like he was happy. He didn't yeah. seem like he was in distress. I think he was just being a little extra. I, for whenever I saw him go down, I thought it was like ending. Like, yeah, it, like was it was bad. The second one was really bad. I feel like this happens every game. Neville Gallimore going down for a little bit and then coming back up and then going back in the game the next play. Yeah, I thought it was like that. You know, in Jerry Maguire, whenever the guy like goes down and he's like unconscious and he gets up, he's starts doing flips and everything like that's kind of what it reminded me of with like exactly. Kelvin Gallimore I, I I don't know I think he's fine I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh we don't hear a chirp of injury report this whole week and then all of a sudden he doesn't play for the Kansas game because who cares it's Kansas we, we need out we need Al Ashback just hanging out trying to figure <laughs> out uh the status he needs to oh, get man. right on the work he, first question PI work yeah, it's it is tradition. First first question I'll ask back asking about injuries because apparently it's hey, it's the most important. But I don't know. In, in general, I I think Caleb Caleb Kelly getting more more action is good because I think he's I I think if you look at the raw athlete, um, just put just, just as much get him on the field as much as possible. We got to utilize what yeah, we have exactly. So leaving him on the bench, I think that's a waste of a four four five star guy. Yeah, and we already we burned his red shirt. Yeah, so, so get him out there. Uh, and we obviously saw that we believe too much in Bolton to kind of alternate him and keep him fresh. We really want Bolton on the field as much as possible. He's desperately so needed. So we have to do something with Caleb Kelly in one shape or form. Uh, and we play a lot of two linebacker set, but when we have three linebackers, there's no excuse for us to put him to not put Caleb Kelly out there. I think that's kind of we're trying to move away from Mark Jackson because Caleb Kelly's more of a kind of a athletic guy. That whenever we put Mark Jackson out in coverage, I'd never gotten that. We do, and it's horrible, and we and it looks horrible. But Caleb Kelly, cover. Caleb Kelly's at least a little bit of an athlete can do better. I mean, we're not. I mean, I wouldn't prefer to have Caleb Kelly on a bunch of Big Twelve wide receivers, but it's a lot better than Mark Jackson. Yeah, he, he, the fact of the matter is, he's an athlete, and uh, Mark Jackson. I feel like he's he's he 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 is he is just the player to just rush and cover you know running. That guy cannot cover. I, I feel like any, he's a, he's a ten snap, twelve snap guy in our defense right he's, now. He's he's a utility guy that you use when you want to bring pressure or you or you're really leaning heavy on run and stop, and that's mm-hmm. pretty much it. But I don't know. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the offense. Um, obviously, not the big story of the game because. Anytime we're talking Oklahoma and anytime you're talking, you know, a one-point game and you score 48 points, it's it's clearly the defense that has issues. But offensively, we I thought we looked great. Uh, Kyler Murray was very sharp in terms of uh, completion percentages. Only got only got one touchdown, which is a little strange. But honestly, I think what what happened was we keep getting we keep getting into uh, goal line or you know, uh, you know first and or third. You know, first and goal, third and goal um, situations where we come away with field goals too often. Yeah, and I, I, I don't understand. I, I, I mean, I understand why why it's not coming to fruition for a touchdown. I think most of the time it's it's penalties. Oh, it's, it's we penalties. have a horrible problem with penalties. Uh, exhibit A last week with CD Lamb and his thirty yards worth of penalties on one on one play, pretty much. But yeah, um, with the Kyler Murray one touchdown thing, it's just it's just kind of weird and everything. He's more of a big play guy, so yeah, our red zone offense isn't as potent as whenever we have the whole field in front of us. Um, but whenever you have Trey Sermon and Kennedy Brooks in front of you, and they got combined five touchdowns between the two, uh, 
I mean, you can't complain that Kyler's only getting one touchdown. I mean, for the people that are still hoping that we get a stat, stat pad, Kyler Murray, stop. It's not even worth it. He's not winning the Heisman. But Just but they up. have the two the two votes that they, they uh, switched. Yeah. The and, two votes, Jameson. And did you see how close their number was? Like 42 <laughs> versus 48. No, that's just The, the narrative has given it to Bama. Yeah, it's eight first place votes versus two. There's no chance that he's going to win. Uh, like I said, if... Tua went down for the rest of the year. I, I'm still putting my money on Tua to win it. It's I, it's the narrative with him is just too much. And uh, Oklahoma, it's just really hard to give a back-to-back Heisman Trophy winner. Like I said at the beginning of the year, I don't remember how many weeks ago, there's never been a back-to-back Heisman Trophy winner from the same school at the same position. The only one being a guy who won it himself yeah. two years back-to-back. So, that I mean, that doesn't count. Yeah, in the seventies, which was a different time, but really looking at this penalties, and I know, I know there are a lot of people who think, oh, it's the Big Twelve refs looking rough or whatever. It no, like if it's sure, some of that that holding on Cody Ford in the fourth quarter wasn't great, but look, I mean, 70, 70 yards of penalties that'll sink you, especially when a lot of those yards happen at the beginning of drives, and that is a that's a killer. I mean, it's you, a huge, it's a huge killer. killer. And especially because I feel like the offense then either goes to one or two things. They, you can't really establish the run game, and then it pan, or then they just throw long balls. Yeah, to if, see we, and if we get one incompletion, we feel like I feel like we're in second and twenty. I don't think they like chipping at it. I think they just said, "Screw it, let's get two chances to go at 20. And I mean, some of the time that works, but some of the time it just does not at all. I feel very confident in our about third and five game. And I know it's asking a lot to get that extra 15 yards, but I mean, if we went first and 20 to second and 14 to third and seven, that would feel a lot better than first and cho- um, first, second and third and 20. But that's a lot of hindsight 2020 stuff. Exactly, yeah. And I, I think you know, getting you know, talking a little bit more about play calling and red zone talk is I, I feel like sometimes um, I feel like sometimes Lincoln gets a little too fancy in those situations. Like mm-hmm. there's no need need to have a you know Marquise Brown rever- reverse. When you can, when you have two guys as hot as as Brooks and, and uh, Sermon, which honestly those those two guys saved the day offensively. We've we've been talking about back and forth. Oh, Brooks is a re- is the number one guy. Sermon's the number one guy, and I I gotta say both of these guys are insanely good backs, and they, they, showing them in tandem uh, this game. That that I think is the deadliest part of our offense. I think the rushing game well is. Is should be our our that should be our calling card. We should be running it down tubes' throats. I know Brooks and Sermon are the only two active, healthy running backs right now, but I feel like with Brooks, Sermon, and then having Kyler Murray as, a, as an option out there, I think that I think that the rushing game should come first. I I completely agree. I would like like I said time and time again, I would not be surprised if we start running the ball more and we see kind of chip away at teams rather than do the big play. Uh, yeah, TJ Pledger just went down with an injury. Uh, not in the game. He didn't play this game, but we don't really know his status. Once again, Lincoln sh- shading us of we don't know what's going on with Oklahoma injuries. Marcelli Sutton's gone for the year. So now here we are with two running backs. And if worse comes to worse, I don't know what we're going to do. Put Jeremiah Hall back there or something. I, don't, I think I jinxed <laughs> it with talking about how deep our, our running back core yeah, is. Yeah, we've kind of just fallen. But, I mean, uh, we're going we're gonna to get some um, depth back. Uh, I mean, 
it, it's going to happen. It's, we don't really know the injury report, but with time, it will. I wouldn't be surprised if we rest some injured, a lot of injured players that we have from the past couple weeks. This Kansas game, because it's not that big of a deal. Lincoln does not care if we cover the spread. He just wants to get a win. Because yeah. like, like we said, it's 1-0 every week. Uh-huh. Uh, and they're not the committee's not going to be really looking at the Kansas game to see how we played. No. Um, but, yeah, I mean, with, uh, with the whole uh, rushing game, we just got to keep feeding it the ball. And it's weird that we saw Kennedy Brooks get like five carries one week, then he comes out this week and gets 15, 165 yards. Yeah. And we're rolling with the hot hand, and I love it. There doesn't have to be a number one guy because you just put guys out there, and whoever's doing good, you roll with that momentum. I agree with that. Kyler got 14 carries? What the heck? I know I know some of those were sacks, but still, geez. That's crazy. But yeah, no, like I the hot hand system's working. I I like that he that he used both in tandem a little bit more. You got to see some of that kind of P Ryan Mixon uh double back um uh, out of the shotgun look. I I love that. I love that position. And that really works with Kennedy cuz I I feel like Trey Sermon's really taken a step in this. The one thing he's done really well this year that he wasn't as good as last year is catching the ball out of the backfield. Definitely. Um I I don't I wouldn't say he's really too much of a guy like guy that we can rely on in the in the receiving game, but Kennedy is like Kennedy's still got got to polish some, but Kennedy you can see that this guy can be someone special in those two running back sets where you have Trey on the side where you can power hand it up the middle or you can go out triple option with uh Kennedy Brooks yeah both are but I mean I, I love it I just keep keep running it I think that's a huge positive for this team um hopefully we see Lincoln Riley go with it more I could see him being hesitant just because you know they're the two guys you have left if you run out of them then you're probably going to have to be handed off to Carson Meyer which look we're, we're a big Carson Meyer podcast but I'd be a little worried about it. It's a, he's never ever been a running back slash fullback in his life. Uh, actually, I don't know him in his life, but I mean, he played tight end in high school, so that that that's that's low. I I don't know what we do. We I guess we could pull like Charleston Rambo or something. <laughs> I, we, it, we would it, have to get a real it, desperate, it would, but it'd, it'd be, be really rough. Yeah. Um, well, that's all I have for OSU. Uh, do yeah. you want to move on to Kansas? I, there's not much to talk about. This I, team's bad. I think we just do exactly kind of what we did uh, with our other kind of cupcakes on our schedule. Even though Army, we thought, was a kind of a cupcake, and we didn't talk about it much, uh, there's just not much to say. No. Uh, we looked at our guy, Puka. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the guy the guy we had to watch for, really just by default, is a uh, good old, what is it, Puka? I know we're a last name podcast. I, is it Williams? Uh, Puka Williams, I think. I don't know why, but we're, Puka Wallace sounds really cool. We're we're a uh, we're, we're a whichever name sounds better. Puka podcast. Williams. Puka, Puka Williams Jr. out of Louisiana. Uh, I mentioned this a little bit on my article, but like Kansas had this really weird stretch where they recruited Louisiana really well. They're the number one team in the Big Twelve for a brief period in January or, uh, December two thousand seventeen. Um, for the 2018 class, or 2018 class. Yeah. And this is the one straggler. Uh, he's really good at catching out of the backfield. Can, I, I, the reason why I picked him, he kind of reminds me of Chuba Hubbard a little bit. A uh, little, little bit smaller than Chuba, but, um, and he's a freshman, but I, I feel like he, he's the type of guy who could give us fits, but, you know, there, there's nothing with Kansas. There, there's no good receivers, really. There's just, the, the quarterback's all right. The head coach is currently fired, and I, I don't know. I just I don't see anything out of Kansas this week. Um, that's really all there is to say. This is yeah. gonna this is gonna be a game that you just be healthy, 
Just don't get, don't get it done. don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. Just yeah, just get it done. That's that's all we gotta hope for in this game. There's nothing really to look for. There's really no keys to it. Let's just get through all four quarters and uh, yeah, like you said, come out healthy. That'd be a big time thing, especially like you said with the running back depth. You would hate to see something well, here. And I re- I'm knocking on wood here because that that would just suck. Yeah, I know for sure. Well, one thing that's definitely not getting through four quarters. The student section and probably oh, most of the crowd. Gosh, it's a six thirty game. Ugh. This is this is the worst. This is uh, yeah. this is the worst case scenario for six thirty. And we've we've talked about it before. Jameson brought this up. The the the, the strategy of the six thirty games, especially pertaining to the bars, it's impossible. Oh my god! So first of all, I thought I was pretty. It was going to be pretty hopeful last week with the two thirty in OSU. Bedlam was a but, disaster. But no, it was it was horrible. It was just like a six thirty game because we had all the people from Stillwater come down. I'm not even going to get started about the trash people from Stillwater coming down to our Norman bars. But I mean, it was it was so full. I mean, the lines were extremely long, and you're no chance of getting into the game um, to the bars after the game of Kansas if you if you stay even if you stay till halftime. I do not even give you a sh- a decent shot to get in to like Kongs or anything because people will be leaving after the first quarter in this game because it's Kansas. Why stay? Exactly. And we're, and we're very uh, notorious for putting up big points in the first quarter and then kind of just weaseling off for the rest of the game. Yep. I I. This is this is going to be a tough game for people who want to do nightlife after the game. Uh, and most of the time you'd be like, okay, I go after and watch the end of the game. So there's really nothing to watch. Texas-Iowa State plays at 7. On Longhorn Network, yeah, so they so. won't even have the game. Exactly. So there's in this week in college football, I'm, I'm not excited to watch. Uh, I don't know how they do it. I mean, obviously, whenever Cincinnati-UCF is game day, it's another just kind of weird one. Uh, it's all you see. We're coming to your city. Coming to coming to your city. Uh, just it's it's the second best game on our on our pick schedule, and that's saying something when you have three uh, non conferences. That's just rough. But it's just really really the only thing I'm looking forward to is Syracuse Notre Dame. I guess. I, I mean, that's that. A, that what one thirty is it? I think that's a six. Oh really? I think that might Darn be a it. six. I don't know. Yeah, I mean Notre Dame I always plays at weird times, so I I want to say it was one thirty. Oh, um, I hope it, it is. is one thirty. Oh, okay, that's yeah. great. Oh, so, okay. So as fans, we'll Thankfully. be able to watch that game probably in full, most likely in yeah. full, yeah, and then be able to go to the game afterwards. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, Shout out for the to, honestly Notre Dame. I don't like you for pretty much anything, but thank you for scooting it up just an hour earlier. It helps me a lot. That that worked great, and it's weird with their NBC. See, like NBC does their own thing when it comes down to college football. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I it's so weird to think that uh, we got a prime time spot versus Kansas in a night game. And I started to think about it, and I was like, they hate really 2.30 games. They they don't really like them for their marketing. And they kind of highly covet 11 a.m. games. But then I started to think about that as well and thought, oh, they put K-State Kansas at 11 a.m. last week. Like, like why would – that doesn't give any validity towards 11. And so 6.30 is just kind of like, oh, we got a spot. We'll put them there. Well, here's here's my theory on it is the, the thing the – thing that attracts a lot of uh, networks to 11 a.m. when it comes to OU is, well, one, they have to deal with, OU has to deal with Fox, so Fox pretty much gets first rights of refusal, and OU's, OU's brand sells. If it if OU plays at 11, people will watch it. 
you don't have to fight with the 230 SEC and you don't have to deal with uh, the Big Ten or ACC at six. So um, what it's it's almost like if, if the OU game is too good, they'll stick it at 11. But if it's it, – it, it has to be – it has to be – good enough like really really good to be at six or really really bad to be at six because nobody nobody really cares that's that much about kansas so they're like eh we'll shove it to the back some people who like OU will watch it but we know we're not going to be competing with whatever late game what late game do they have on abc jeez oh god this is i think it's no ucf Oh, oh there it is Okay, so this theory doesn't even make any sense then. Okay, well, what I'm, it would work normally if it wasn't UCF on the schedule, but geez, what a what a gross slate! What a gross slate! Uh, whatever, we're uh, we're just trying to push through the season. Next week will be awesome. Oh yeah, this uh, is yeah. We, shoot, we only have this is our second to last uh, regular season episode. I know, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's a good thing we'll get it. We'll get the pod in before Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, well Thanksgiving pod will be great. Yes. I'm, I'm excited for that. Anyways, so... Cruden Corner. Cruden Corner. Moving on to not Kansas. Okay, I'm going to speed through this. There's a lot from this weekend. Uh, I hinted at how many visitors we had last week. I would just highlight the main people that came. But first, before I get to that, recently, just today, uh, Jacoby Jones, uh, defensive end, 2019 commit from Butler, Kansas, decommitted from us. And yes, it came out of kind of nowhere. I don't really know why. It seemed like he was really high on Oklahoma, and he did that thing like respect my decision, you know, on like his on his and he wrote the little on his notes and like every other commit. He didn't sign it though with a pen on his notes, so that was kind of different. But, no emojis. Either. But I mean, I'm not hurt about this. I mean, this is a JUCO defensive end that would would have gotten decent time, but he wasn't some kind of high end prospect. He was a three star. But we just had two defensive ends visit this weekend, and David Ogawagabu. And Marcus Stripling, that are 2019 guys, and reports have came out that we're both in the lead for both of them. And also, they said even with Jacoby Jones, we were going to make room and take both of those guys in the 2019 class. Wow. I think after we've realized that we would take both of them and Jacoby Jones in there, Jacoby Jones says, I don't want to have to deal with all that. That's that's too big. That's too crowded. I'm getting out of there. All of his crystal balls are turning over to Texas. So it was an OU versus Texas for his commitment. So now he's looking like Texas. And that's just fine because that, that might be alluding that the defensive end 2019 class is getting too crowded. We have Joseph Wete uh, out of D.C., four-star guy. And then Corey Robertson is another guy. Uh we got, I mean, we got a bunch of defensive ends. If we would have taken both of those and they both truly wanted to come to us after this weekend, uh, I wouldn't want to be Jacoby Jones, especially with limited amount of years to develop and get into this OU team as a Juco guy. Um, so all in all, take from that, David Ogwagabu, Marcus Stripling, I, we're in the lead for them. I don't expect eyes anytime soon from them, but we are getting them away from Texas A&M to where the, we originally thought they were going to go. Uh, Evan Neal, the other big name, uh, one of the other big name visitors, he uh, was a guy that had 100% crystal balls all through, and then all of a sudden we've seen a bunch of Alabama. And it pretty much came down to it where he's down in between Alabama and OU, Alabama being the front runner. Uh, most experts think that he's going to Alabama. He gave the impression of that. Uh, he's good friends with EJ and Domo Gar, who's a commit um, OU guard out of Allen, Texas. Uh I, I he, supposedly they said that he, he kind of like gave a weird vibe 
this visit, like, he really kind of stays to himself, so they really couldn't read him, you know? So there really wasn't much to that. I think that's just kind of mean, like, I, I'm really kind of sold on Alabama. He's really kind of high in that. And even though OU's is number two, I feel like there's a gap there. Yeah, it's just kind of one of those where I, I, I know what you're talking where you're kind of trying to, you know, break them down, be like, yeah, what do you, what do you think? And they're like, yep, it's cool. It's cool, yeah, that sort of thing. I, yeah, and he's trying to keep an open mind about everything, but I feel like it's really like he's really set on Alabama kind of thing. So he kind of stays quiet. Yeah, I, I know. And that and that's me reading in between the lines. Who knows? But supposedly, um, we've got we've done well with him, and we're in his top two, which I had no idea what was coming two weeks ago that we were going to be in his top two. Um, other guy, Jeremiah Cradell, that was the Oregon safety 2019 guy. We really need a defensive back in the, to complete this class. We thought we had it with Dax Hill, and we've given up on Dax Hill. We're, we're not trying yeah. to flip him. It, nope. It, it's not there. Uh, we heard news of Jordan Battle recently. Jordan Battle, whenever he came to visit, we thought that we were going to have him. He was 50-50 Ohio State. Now it's looking like he's Alabama's the front runner, and a crystal ball randomly popped up today of him to Florida, so I don't know what's going there. Jeez. Uh, so who knows? Uh, he just took his visit to Bama, so hopefully that didn't go well. But, uh, yeah, Jeremiah Cradell, supposedly it went decent. Roy Williams sent to Twitter again, like he did last year with Leon O'Neill. Uh, he doesn't have that good of a record of getting guys from Twitter. Because <laughs> no, Leon O'Neill went to Texas A&M. It's kind of a desperation move. I, I think you can tell OU... OU's kind of pulling out the last stops, and you see old Roy out there tweeting. Uh, but the, and the thing is, defensive back, uh, the, the the type of athlete we need at D back is so incredibly important because you see, we don't. The, the reason why we play off is because they can't get physical with these guys. Yeah, we need a tall, big body guy that can go out and play like severe. We like we want our island guy. I mean, yes, we're trying to fill a safety right now, yeah. but another name if we could somehow get Chris Steele, it's really not looking like it, but he would be a guy who's like he's got the big body that we can go out and make put put people on an island. That's not Buki's game. No. Even though Buki's a big five-star kind of guy that we just got, that Buki's is a utility player run around and make playmaker. He's not he's not your Darrell Revis kind of player you know where you, you just put him off yeah he's not a shutdown corner you don't ex- don't you sh- obviously shouldn't expect that out of him and the thing is it's well yeah there is a lot of issues with the defensive uh, scheme and stuff it, it flat out comes down to we don't have the athletes right now mm-hmm. not at all um well anything anything else from there or we, uh... Uh, i guess we're still also looking for a running back in the 2019 class where i guess we're kind of getting desperate we offered some juco kid uh we're looking into just kind of uh low-end three-star guys. Kenny McIntosh, a guy that we thought we had a lot of good uh, momentum with. Uh, after the whole uh, Georgia, John Emery Jr. decommit, he just took his uh, visit to Georgia this weekend, and he looked pretty ecstatic on all of his Twitter photos and everything, and crystal balls are flooding in for him to Georgia. So it's looking like he's going to go take that running bar, running back spot in Georgia. But other than that, this is a huge recruiting week. This was awesome to pay attention to. A lot of stuff. A lot of me having to text my friend trying to get uh, insider donor links to TFB. Oh, yes. Um, but yeah, that's. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more insider info out there, but that's kind of just the clip notes. Yeah. All right. Well, that was. A, I mean, it was a big weekend for OU uh, recruiting wise. A lot of a lot of guys visiting. If this was NCAA Football 14, this would be the rivalry week that you schedule your guys on because oh it has the big gosh. impact. 
Yes, I, 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 I missed that. Was that's what I feel like the NCAA fourteen recruiting thing is what made me start to love like watching recruiting and like in real life I exactly. sounded like a big nerd saying IRL in, re- in real life <laughs> <laughs> at least you didn't at least you didn't abbreviate it though yeah, yeah it's, that's that's the thing though it's it, 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 I I love it I, I miss NCAA 14 I, I don't have my uh, PS3 or my copy anymore so I'm resorted to watching this guy play through a uh, my team oh, on no. YouTube <laughs> the uh, he, the University of uh, it's he called them the UGF pandas. He started them where in the Sun Belt and uh, every attribute was a D minus. Oh. Has been trying to build them up. He's currently in this uh, fourth season. It's pretty funny stuff. But that's that's just how much I miss it. I miss the recruiting. I miss all that stuff. But so free and save. Free, please, EA Sports free free our NCAA football. You, you please. can't guarantee anything with NCAA right now. No, it's it's such a mess, but. Darn it! We, a guy can dream. A guy can dream. Well, I guess I guess it's. Um, I don't know. I, I think we should dive into picks. Let's I, do it. Let's roll. Yeah, let's dive into picks. So, as we mentioned, pretty rough week. Uh, a lot of that can be attributed to just the really weird FCS slate when it comes to uh, Citadel. yeah the Citadel and uh, Idaho and. Who is now in the FCS? It's, 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 it's the SEC is just the trash SEC's right now. Wonderful non-conference schedule. Yeah, but oh, we only need to play eight conference schedule eight conference games. We, we can't have that nine. We got to play the Citadel, and it's just it's it's awful. It's a it's a total joke. And it doesn't matter. They're still going to get their legitimacy. So it, it's, I, why not why not do it if they're going to get all of their legitimacy from the conference? Like avoid having like these cannibalism in the SEC as much as they can. Yeah, it's, it's a smart move on their part, but it's a dumb move on pretty much everyone in, in general for allowing it to happen. So. Yeah, until we hold them accountable and dock them for that stuff. It's it's really ridiculous. And, but. I mean, the only way you could consider that happening is if Alabama loses, kicking them out of the playoffs this year, <laughs> which ain't going to happen. So If they lost to the Citadel... Right, no, not to not to the Citadel. Oh, just in that, general, to Georgia. You know? Oh, yeah, no, they, and that would be a joke too. If if Bama loses to Georgia and still in, that's okay. a joke. So it'd be those two in, and then Clemson, and then it'd be between if everyone wins out, an undefeated Notre Dame and a Michigan Big Ten champion. Notre Dame would have to get in because they have the head to head. Yeah, and you leave out Michigan as team is an awesome. Who, who has done? Who has not missed a beat since their loss in South Bend? Mm-hmm. They've looked great. Yeah. Just, we'll get to that bridge when we when we come to it, honestly. But for now, we have this very mediocre Week Twelve. Let's dive into what uh, biggest game of the week uh, for college football. Um, it's weird to say, weird to say Syracuse is involved in it, but we got we got the uh, we got the Orange Men uh, facing facing. <laughs> Notre Dame at Yankee I just Stadium. Of the derpy little orange man mascot. A little Otto the Orange. <laughs> I, I've actually seen him in person once at uh, at the at the Final Four. I oh. was he he was the only thing that brightened my spirits up after losing by forty four. Uh, we they were shuffling <laughs> us out of the student section, and little, I guess we were at the we, we were at the uh, Syracuse end. So they're they're putting Syracuse students in, and you just see the little derpy Otto the Orange hopping on out. You gotta say, I'm not gonna lie. I cracked a little bit of a smile uh, there. I, I do have. I like Syracuse. Yeah, good old good old Cuse. But you know, Syracuse is facing Notre Dame, and technically, this is a Notre Dame home game. It's a neutral site game at Yankee Stadium. Um, 
this is this is the one. Uh, OU fans have been lo- have been looking for a game for Notre Dame to fall. I think this is it. This this is the one that you want. I don't think USC can take them out. USC is trash. Um, it, it feels like the stars are lining. I think this Dino Babers team always has a way to kind of sneak up on a team. I think they're going to make it tough. I think they're they're very good. Uh, that being said, I don't think they're going to win. I think I think Notre Dame. Um, I think Notre Dame's an, an all right team. They're going to have Ian Book back this week, but I don't know. I, I I feel rough about this. I can't pick. I can't pick. Notre Dame to win, but I can pick Syracuse to cover. It's going to be a spooky game. Notre Dame's wearing their trash Yankee uniforms with the pinstripes. It's going to be scary, but you know what? I think those lucky, lucky SOBs just squeak it out because Notre Dame hates everything happy and good and is going to just tear this right out of our heart. No one's going to be happy about it, but you know what? Syracuse is at least going to cover. Yeah, so... uh... Blake Crowley said, if you look good, you pay, play good, right? Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame is not going to be looking good on Saturday. So hypothetically, they shouldn't be playing well. I, I think they're going to actually do really well. I think I think Syracuse is kind of... I, I think they're a good team. Don't get me wrong. I think they're like uh, a high 20 team. But this Notre Dame team really impressed me last week when they come in with their backup quarterback and what they did last week and just blow out and Ian Book is the like their we thought that was the glue that turned them around and made them this team that actually is probably not going to lose another game for the rest of the season. Syracuse definitely you have to take into account that they've got a good quarterback in Eric Dungy. Uh they have the potential they have they look like the potential one of those teams that can put together and actually do really well because they have the star caliber guys and the um and the leadership around. But I don't know. I just what Notre Dame. If you asked me last week, I would have picked Syracuse. But now, after what I saw from Notre Dame this week, um, last week, I got to go to Notre Dame nine and a half. See, my thing is Florida State is so trash that I don't even trust that. You know, mm-hmm. Florida State—they've given up on Willie Taggart. I, I understand, but I mean, it's, still, it, it was impressive. I, I will admit it was impressive, but Notre, I, Florida State is bad. They're not going to make a bowl this year. Oh yeah, and I mean. Last year they barely even made. I think they're six and six. What, what is Notre Dame right now? What what is what is Florida State? They're four they're six. four and six. Yeah. Ugh. So yeah, not not good. But I mean, still, I mean, they still. I'm like, they're not. They're four and six. They're they're not doing good at all. But I mean, what Notre Dame's defense did just look from like the tape I saw on it. It looked really good. And Brandon Wimbush had three touchdowns. I understand he only had two interceptions. I mean, he had two interceptions as well, but. They allowed their backup quarterback to throw two interceptions, play like trash, and still allowed Florida State to only score thirteen. Yeah, points. I, that's true. I, Winbush did beat Notre Dame or uh, beat, beat Michigan, though. So yeah, and gotta give him that. Yeah, and that that was a weird game. Like like we said, Shea Patterson had cold feet in that game. Uh, that was his first game in Michigan. Uh, it was kind of a weird one. It's always hard. It's hard to start on the road. And Michigan's defense is just transformed into something amazing recently. Ever since then, too. Yeah, I, I just I'm I'm a big fan of Ian Book. I think he. Really good player. Um, when a team goes out there and shows out without their their big guy, uh, whenever he comes back, I think it was a rib injury. Uh, I think it's just going to be just easy pick em. Yeah, I get that. I think that's fair. I th- look look bad, play bad does scare me. Not going to lie. I think that's what gets him here. I, I don't think Syracuse is going to win. I think it's just going to be sloppy. Uh, next up, we got uh, the newly ranked Cincinnati going to Central Florida. It is ABC, it is College Game Day, and the Knights are only favored by 7.5. They're getting no respect 
but I don't know. What do, what do you think? Do you think do you think you're? Uh, I mean, back back in middle school, they were your auxiliary team. What do you think Cincinnati's gonna do here? So Cincinnati really, they've just kind of just beat teams and came around. They got a, they got too. like a nine and one. They beat UCLA by nine. They beat Ohio by four. They beat. They lost to Temple by seven. They beat SMU by six in overtime. And then, then the one thing that t- put me over. I understand South Florida is not as good this year, but they beat South Florida by twelve. That was a good win. You got to give it to them there. Yeah, that's a good win. Uh, I think it's actually gonna be a close game. UCF's defense is really, really poor. What I think it was the Temple game where they had it on a Friday night where Dusty Dvorak was calling it. Oh yeah, that Temple uh, game no, was, it was a th- it was a Thursday night. I think I know what you're talking about. But he, whenever he called it. UCF's defense was atrocious, uh, and they've yet to play someone legitimate really this season. And it looks like in that Temple game, it looked like that they were going to lose. Uh, I understand. I wish that uh, it would have been at Cincinnati. I, there's not really too much to be excited for um, for their home stadium, but uh, something about playing at home. But I think Cincinnati, give me seven and a half here. Cincinnati loses by seven. I, I'm, it's going to be a close one. I'm not really, I don't really feel good about this pick, but I'm going to pick with Cincinnati because it's, it's fun to talk about them. It's flashback to good old middle school days. Oh, yeah. Tony Pike and Marty Gilliard when they when he got their ass beat by Tim Tebow. Hey, it was a fun NCAA football team, but you know, I, I don't know. Um, that's a, that's the thing with Cincy. They, they, they've just kind of skated by. I feel like they've kind of played to the level of their opponents a lot of the time. But you know what? I I don't know. I just get, keep getting this weird feeling about UCF that they're going to just win by like a solid solid 9-10. It's going to be a sloppy game. I don't think UCF looks impressive by any means. But I, I think they're just going to narrowly, narrowly get the cover here. Yeah. I don't have much to say about it. I, I just I'm gonna I'm gonna take UCF's offense and Mackenzie Milton to just barely take the lead. It, it's gonna. It, I'm just I'm just ready for this storyline to end. Oh yeah, it's just I want them to go away. Yeah, and hey, one loss will get you there. Um, that would delegitimize them. God, <laughs> it's okay. It's Kansas uh, uh, week. But uh, yeah, I mean, cheer for Cincinnati then. <laughs> yeah, cheer for Cincy for if you're if you're anyone but a UCF fan, just cheer for Cincy so our nightmare will be over and we don't have to listen to them argue that they should even be considered because they shouldn't. They're awful, yeah. and, and that's a, it's not even like a defense thing. It's it's a fact that they just look flat out bad. Mm-hmm. And it's it's only just because their record and their strength of schedule is absolutely embarrassing. But they were you got, we have to give them props that they were the national champions last season. So I mean you always got to take that into account. Yeah, well that, that is true. They <laughs> they were defending national champs. Uh, next up, this is how bad it is. Oh, we we just threw this in. Uh, USC UCLA. We got the I don't even know what they call that rivalry. I don't know. Who cares this year? I do honestly. not care. I don't care. I don't think anyone cares. I mean, if you're a USC fan, you're just an absolute rube. You know, you just probably didn't even go to the school. I agree. A lot of people just like USC because they hop on bandwagons as a young child so just because they grew up watching really good USC teams. Yeah, just like Reggie Bush. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. You know, sure, maybe you had a relative that went there. Could even be your mom. But you know what? It doesn't even matter. If you go to a school, you should root for the other team, especially if that team, you also rooted for them, and they lost by 40 in a national championship. But hey, yeah, that's either, neither here nor there. Anyways, uh, USC at UCLA. USC's favored by two and a half. U- UCLA's really bad. I, I, think it's an, it's, I think it shows you just how... It's, this is just a flat insult to USC. They, got, they lost a really bad Cal team last week. 
Um, but I don't think they're this bad. As much as I'd love to pick against USC, I you know, I think they're going to be a really mediocre Chip Kelly team. But then again, they might not. Wouldn't it be so funny if they lost to a two and like a two and eight UCLA team? I have no idea with this pick. I, I don't. I don't know enough. It's I, a toss up. Wait, I don't think anyone knows anything about the Pac-12. USC's problem is they've got talent on their squad, and so does UCLA. But. They just don't know how to utilize it at all. Like, what scored 14 points last week? Like, what happened there? Uh, it's probably because their quarterback should be a senior in high school. <laughs> let's let's take that into account. He was when he did the Marvin Bagley thing where he came yep. out and reclassified. Yes, that's great, but you should not be starting a guy that should have been a senior in high school right now at a blue blood team of USC. There's obviously something wrong there. All he does is throw to his high school teammate, Armand Ross St. Brown. I said that at the beginning of the year when we were analyzing them for Texas and they've just been trash. It's just I, I never was a fan of them. I, I, I really, 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 really want to pick UCLA the more I think about it. I, 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 I bolded USC and I think I'm switching. I'm going to UCLA. Alright. Oh, man. I'm going to go UCLA too. Why not? Yes, honestly, hop on. Honestly, yes. I don't care. And honestly, I think I feel more solace in it in the fact that Blake cannot resist the urge to troll Ford. He, he's going. He, Blake was Blake. I'm daring you right now. You're definitely not listening to this, but I'm daring you right now. You're going to pick UCLA because there's no way you're going to pick USC. Hey, UCLA I know had, you will. UCLA had a good cover last week versus Herm Edwards. They were plus ten <laughs> versus pl- Arizona State. That looked just great. They've been and I said closer. hop on that one. I said I said hop on that one for people who bet. I talked to them. I said I really like that one because Herm Edwards. You're talking trash coach versus Chip Kelly trash coach. It's just going to be just kind of a close game, bleh kind of game. That's what exactly. it was. Thirty-one to twenty-eight. They just UCLA just lost twenty-one. Okay, I'm done talking about UCLA USC. I don't care. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna stop skip, skip. All this. Skip, <laughs> skip. Yeah, no. All right. Oh man, we just moved right into another trash game. You, TCU at Baylor. Baylor's favored Woo! by two. Oh, it's it, what's okay. They, Baylor they, is just so good at covering. Let me tell you something. Bobby. They did it once. They finally did it once for you. Okay. By okay. Half Point and that line moved. You, I mean, Iowa State moved up to like seventeen or eighteen on that line. I got week. them at a good line. I got them at a good line because I thought fourteen and a half was weird. The thing Vegas got on Iowa State. No, it finally caught up with me. Uh-huh. But I felt very, very happy to see it whenever I saw that Baylor was down by like twenty-one, and then they got a trash touchdown in the fourth quarter, and twenty-eight to fourteen. I go. Thank you. Thank you, Baylor, for my embarrassment pick to them winning the spread this I mean, uh against the line the whole year. Uh they went out and avenged versus Iowa State, the mighty moneymaker of Iowa State. Give me uh, Baylor again. This is this one's the easiest pick of the week. At Waco. Uh, they just beat OSU in Waco. Feeling pretty good. To go against TCU. What is wrong with DeVegas again giving some legitimacy to to TCU, I'm surprised they didn't make them the favorite from the past two weeks. Betting against TCU has been the easiest money maker for the past two weeks. And again, bet on this one. Easy. It's so easy. I, I, uh, I, I tell you, I feel like, I feel like the gambling gods, gods have smited me after last week because I, it's, it's the get. You know, here's the thing: gambling giveth and gambling taketh away. I won big on Wake Forest money line, which was a hilarious <laughs> decision. I got. A, <laughs> one big on Wake Forest money line against NC State. I won big on on West Virginia TCU because it's taking money from the poor. But you know what? They bit me in the ass twice. Alabama uh, 
got got hit with that a half hurt. point cover. Mm-hmm. Twenty four. They won by twenty four. Line was twenty four and a half. <laughs> my money maker, my man boy, my favorite boy. <laughs> Iowa State let me down with a half point cover when it mattered most. So you know what? I I don't know. I, it was it was rough, but these things happen. That being said, I'm riding I'm riding all over this Baylor train. TCU is awful. The fact that the the fact that they aren't even giving them a score is ridiculous. Baylor, 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 Baylor. Book it. <sighs> well, that got that got pretty heated there. We got dirty we bu- lock right there. You, you dirty bo- lock. We both get yeah. This is this is a lock. Whatever. I don't. I never came up with a name for my lock, but it's a lock. Dirty's locks won two. Was two for two last week. They were two. They were back. They, who's back of the week? <laughs> Dirty's lock of the week is. It, it is back in full flesh. Oh goodness. Well, that. I. I think we might be the two only two people in the world that get this passionate about Baylor football at this point. Yeah, somebody's got to do it. What, whatever they used, they called it the revivalry when they brought the when they when they brought this back. I don't know what the opposite of that would be. It's it needs to be revived again. It's it's it is it's dead again. They need, needs a new nickname. Anyways, um, geez, this it's just depressing. Texas Tech at Kansas State. The Red Raiders uh, almost almost came back and beat Texas, and Kansas State almost lost to Kansas. Um, for some reason, I thought I saw a line K State minus one. That's flipped. It's Texas Tech minus seven at, or six and a half now. Um, do you think uh, Bill Snyder has anything left in the tank here? I don't know, man. I'm starting to. Th- I mean, Texas Tech played pretty well versus Texas last week, and I was very surprised with how they played. I I didn't think it was going to be as close, even though it's a two point line for Texas the favorite. They still kept it really close and went down to the very end. Uh. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the status of Alan Bowman is. Uh, most likely, he'll stay out. Uh, he's currently listed as doubtful. Okay, so he's going to be he's out. Be out. So, so who comes in at quarterback again? I always screw up the name. It's Jet Duffy, right? Jet Duffy. Okay, yeah. Jet <laughs> Duffy actually played pretty decent versus Texas defense last week, and I actually really like that. Six and a half is the line begging for me to say, "Hey, let's take it." So screw it. Let's go. Minus six and a half, Texas Tech. Well, see, if you pick Kansas State here, I would think you would have a legitimate problem, and I'd have to just start removing Kansas oh, State. Well, Kansas State uh, screwed me last week. I somehow <laughs> thought that they were going to cover versus Kansas. And like I alluded to, I said, I don't even know if they're going to be able to score that much. They barely did. But it, was barely, it was barely. It was barely. Man, I, t- I tell you, that's that's the thing is um, you, Kansas State, I, I can't. you can't trust them anymore. You know, they... They've run out of games against untrustworthy teams because after this they're going to play Iowa State, which is whatever that's going to be. That's going to be a cover. Um, so yeah, you give, give me Texas Tech to cover. I think seven points is perfectly fine. They might only beat them by seven, but I think they're going to beat them by seven at least. So give me the Red Raiders in Manhattan. Uh, yeah. So next up we got uh, number or, yeah number nine West Virginia going to Stillwater. Mountaineers are favored by f- what five? That is, okay, that's a little weird. That seems like an overcorrection. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's more just that we saw Oklahoma State um, play OU close, and now they go back home, and Oklahoma State played Texas and beat them at their place. Uh, I don't know if Vegas thinks that Stillwater is some kind of magical place where they, they begin to play better. I think it's just OSU is just extremely fickle team. You never know what you're going to get with them. And after losing to OU and w- looking at their Big 12 record, I don't really see much uh, positivity coming from the OSU locker room after that. West Virginia is rolling fast. They're doing good. They're hitting their stride at the right time. Just whomped 
all over text um, TCU last week. Uh, minus five, easy. Part two. No, I'm not doing. No, there's no part two dirty lock of the week. We're only doing one. For yeah, just one. keep it safe. I, you got, you, got, like two, you like got you got your two to come back, and now yeah, you're back in the game. So I like Baylor, but I, mean, I really like I really like this game. Yeah, I like this game for West Virginia as well. I think there's definitely a bit of a spooky vibe about it going into uh, Stillwater. I think. I think weirdly enough, this that that Bedlam loss might have probably given OSU confidence. They're still trying to get, get bowl eligible, I think. Right? Yeah, they're still they're still trying to get bowl eligible here. Um, I think I think there's some merit to to this line being low, but you know what? This West Virginia team's just too good. Um, I could see them looking ahead to OU. I don't think they will. Um, give me the Mountaineers. I don't feel as good of I I, I feel great about it because it's minus five. If it was seven and a half, I'm, I might be a little iffy. If it was ten, I would be startled. But give give me minus five. Yeah, West Virginia. They're, they're not going. They're going to win by more than a field goal at least. And I, I like how you brought up that Oklahoma State trying to become uh, bowl eligible. So if they lose out, so if they lose versus West Virginia and lose versus TCU, they're not they're not bowl eligible. Jeez. So so most likely they're not winning versus West Virginia, and they're going to go in. To Fort Worth against trash team and just hope they can win and get into a bowl. <laughs> okay, is TCU? Do are they are they already out of this oh, with bowl totally, eligibility? Totally. Have we checked? Yes. What? Are, what, are, what totally. Yeah, they have to be right. Yeah, because they lost a non-conference game and I don't even want to know what they've done. In no, they didn't. Did they? Yeah. Oh Ohio yeah. State. I was. Yeah, Ohio State. I forgot about that. Let's. I, d- I need to figure this out. I just just double checking. Yeah, four and six. I actually checked that they are eligible for a bowl. They have to beat Baylor. Oh, so Baylor and Oklahoma State. They oh, okay. So if oh my man, if 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 DCU can find a way to beat Baylor, this OSU TCU game becomes a beautiful trash bowl, or winner gets into the I don't know Meineke Car Care Bowl. Oh man, that I'm kind of hyped for that. I I don't know. I want. Oh man, T- TCU beat Baylor, so we can see that. But yeah, no, um, OSU needs that one more win, so I could see this being upset potential. I might even sprinkle a little money line on it. I don't know, but I don't know. I'm going. I'm going West Virginia straight. Going West Virginia in the points. That's that should be fine. But OSU upset potential. If you want that, I think that's worth looking into. Uh, next up, the best game that nobody's going to see all week: Iowa State at Texas. It's on the Longhorn Network. Horns are favored by a field goal. I think, it, James, isn't it, isn't it just a joke that the Longhorn Network has this game? Let's be honest. It's it's selfish. It's extremely selfish. Uh, this is a huge game for the Big 12. And I can be pissed, but, I mean, Elise said it's during our game, kind of. But we would have been able to catch the end of it. And maybe, just maybe, wherever you go after the game, you get lucky and someone has a sports package. Yeah. Uh, and then watch it. But, yeah, it, it, it's a travesty that they didn't put this on TV because this is a really good game. Uh, Iowa State coming off kind of a weird week where they got into a big brawl. Montgomery's out for the first half due to suspension. That's going to be huge for them. Even though Montgomery really hasn't been their kind of their cornerstone that they thought he'd be, he's still a huge part of their offense. Texas being at home with still a shot to play OU in the Big 12 Championship. That is definitely going to be hanging on them. They need to do whatever they can to win that game. Uh, Texas played really well at home, and uh, with Montgomery being out for that first half, I think that's really going to hurt them in their flow of offense. Uh, give me Texas minus three here. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a tough one. Um, I don't know. I I see, see 
a lot of me thinks Texas is going to win it. But a lot of me wants to wants to trust Iowa State again. And I feel like I feel like the second I go away from Iowa State, they're going to beat Texas. But you know what? I'm give me give me Iowa State's sound defense to just barely eke out a win against UT. I think I think Texas is an all right team. Don't get me wrong. I think this is a very good game. This is the toughest game of the week by far. I think um, to pick. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, man. You, well, you're talking yeah, about this Kansas State there. They, they hang over me really big. Anytime I see K-State, that's my hardest. Yeah, well, that's just a you thing. You, you just, it really, K-State panics you, but I'm, I'm pretty good with them. But I don't know. Iowa State, you know, they're, they're my bread and butter. I, I know they let me down, but it was only by half a point. So, you know what? I'm going to take Iowa State. Three and a half, or three is not much. Give me give me the Cyclones to keep on rolling. Get another, get back in the win column here in the conference. So, yeah, why not? I don't know. Uh, next up, we have our game of the week. Um, no one else's, but it's definitely ours. Um, KU at, at OU. Um, OU's favored by uh, 36 and a half points. That's a lot of points, but um, I don't know. It, I think that, I think really this game kind of comes down to the meta game of how long does OU keep its backups in and how how hard does Kansas want to get like make this game reasonable. Because honestly, I don't, I don't know how I feel about an OU team where Carson Meyer is our, uh, is our main running threat. <laughs> that would, that would be really bad. Yeah, this is just a stay away game. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. Do don't not bet it. this. Do not bet the first half. Do not bet the second half. Do not bet the money line on Kansas. Do not bet this. <laughs> don't do anything that has a betting button on this game. Don't press it. Don't do the over under. I have no idea what to expect from this. Who knows if. We get some random little freshman boy from Butte. Uh, <laughs> I guess I guess Butte is that little, what it is? Yeah, Butte, little baby Puka coming yeah, up Butte, here. Yeah, Butte, Louisiana. <laughs> uh, who knows? I, it, there's not going to be much. Uh, if anything, I'd say I kind of feel towards the under here. I, I don't have the over under online, but I just from what I just the feel of the game, I can feel it being kind of an under kind of game. But I, I hate picking this. I thirty six and a half sucks. Who knows with OU? Uh, who knows if we'll just lay off the gas and just not really do much in the second half? Like we were talking about earlier, in a lot of our games this year, our third quarters have been atrocious. Yeah. And it's kind of, I don't know if that's kind of a halftime adjustment thing or it's just we don't have the fire to come out of the uh, halftime. I, during the Texas game, people argue that there's a lot of fire during that halftime, but I mean, different case. Uh, I'm just going to go with OU 36.5 here. I. I don't feel confident in this. I feel 40% confident. I actually feel more confident in the Kansas side, but I'm just going to pick OU to be a homer. Yeah, I, that's fair. One, one of my, one of my uh, unfortunately decided in my end, but greatest uh, gambling wins of all time happened last year when, for some ill-understood reason, I decided to bet my entire uh, uh, Bufada balance on OU covering Kansas, like, some some like so basically like fifty fifty some odd dollars on on Kansas co- or OU covering like a forty two point spread against KU, <laughs> and they they did they didn't get it until the very end. But I tell you, I tell you that after Kyler Murray scored that, it was it was it was incredible. I don't think I have I don't think I trust Austin Kendall enough to to get that last second touchdown and put me over. No, he's just gonna drop the ball like he's done with every snap. Yeah, but oh god. But that being said, I gotta go OU over. It just for fun, why not? It's more fun to root for to score more than yeah. it is for Kansas to keep it close. So, you know, let's have fun. OU, OU covers it. This this week sucks. Sucks. So, why root for anything but that? 
Oh, gotta regret my decision. But whatever, let's roll. Let's yeah. roll. Yeah, well, that's all right. So, well, that's uh, our week. Before we go, quick little OU basketball talk here. Uh, 2-0. and Started off with a 15 win against uh, the, uh, UT Rio Grande Valley and... Vipers, right? They're, no, they're like the Val... Val they're, they're not the... I thought they were the Vipers, too. They have some crazy Oh, name. no, that's that D-League team. That yeah, they and they, they played on the, the Rio Grande Valley Vipers thing. Yeah, um, that's that's the uh, the D-League team, UT, is the Valley Vipers. Yeah, UT... Gerf. They're the, they're the Vaqueros. So okay. the the suitors beat the Valeros by like a very by by fifteen. That was nice, but uh, and then and then showed out pretty good against uh, against UTSA. I think the big thing to really look for uh, this season. A little amendment to what I said. Look for Christian James to be the guy. He he went off, had a career high in his opener, and then tied his previous career high in the second. Uh, he's going to be the guy. He looks really good. Uh, Kirk Hoff, the uh, our our backup center, looks pretty solid. He looks like a pretty all right rim protector. Is he a JUCO guy? Yeah, he's okay. from uh, Salt Lake City Community College. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brady Manick looks all right. Looks like a very good supporting uh, cast guy. But the the guy I'm most excited about is Jamal Bienemy, the uh, freshman from oh, yeah. from Katy, Texas. That guy's awesome. No, that's great. I'm and sold it's, on and him. it's and it's. Very, very nice to see some kind of hope in our future as OU because, like I said earlier, I'm not too uh, optimistic on this team. You said it already. Brady Manick is not the star that this team can take over. That he can take over this team. Uh, I, do you remember when people were saying that he could have been a draft pick last oh, year? Oh yeah, it was ridiculous. That, that, that needed to pump the brakes. That's <laughs> just the Trey Young effect. Trey Young doing awesome right now, averaging 18 and eight in the league right now. I'm very surprised with how he's doing. It seems he's really stepped up to the challenge. And I think it's good that he went to Atlanta kind of said, hey, now this is your team. And that's what he really needed. He needed to be the guy. But with OU OU basketball, I've really been encouraged with Christian James' um, play. He has that potential to be the guy. He's not going to be – I wouldn't call him a star. But he's the potential to be the guy for OU basketball. We play Wofford coming up here on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Yes. So if you want to go to the Kansas game, sleep there, wake up, and head out to Wofford. And, I mean, head out to Lloyd Noble and drink a beer at the game. Yes, that's true. There will be beer at the Wofford game. You can get in free with your uh, Kansas ticket as well. So so awesome. Then, gotta I mean, go. You gotta go. It'll yeah, be fun. I mean, the only part, you'd be you'd be missing some NFL football to the people who are big NFL fans. That would, that would suck. But, I mean, hey, go. you could be the first person to experience a beer at an OU at an no event that's not in a club exactly so that that would be really cool but other than that yeah i i really like what i've seen from being to me uh one one guy that's that actually has really kind of um impressed me and it kind of sucks that he's a senior but it's calixty the point guard the yeah. guy oh yes he's, he's, he's done really well um he's I, I can see he has a high basketball iq he can pass the ball really well and he's got a shot and that was the the thing that they were worrying about him coming in that he really didn't have that good of a shot and he shot the ball really well this far um, he's got experience. He's well. He did really well, and um, I think that he will be a really good part of a solidarity for this team. Something that we really do need in kind of a weird time where we're in transitioning. Yeah, I think the big thing is I don't think this this isn't going to be a garbage team that's not any fun to watch. I think there are going to be some tough moments. I don't. I. I I'm not willing to say it might be a tournament team yet because it's not. Probably they've only beat two teams. From the uh, UT system in South Texas. That being said, I, I think this is a team that can win some fun games, that can be a good team to watch, 
and make things interesting. I, I, uh, this the battle for Atlantis will make thing will be the I think the biggest thing we're gonna look at. Um, but I don't think this is a team that's destined to be the last in the Big Twelve. Um, OSU doesn't look great. Yeah. <laughs> what, oh my God! What did you just pull up here? And so I had to bring it up because I, I forgot the score today. But so I said OU is gonna be last in the Big Twelve. I'm taking them back. We'll be ninth. Because OSU went on their first game oh, no. and lost to the Charlotte 49ers. Charlotte 49ers came into the game 0-1 oh. uh, because they just lost to Chattanooga, Tennessee by 11 points the game before. Oh. Uh, OSU was up 37-19 a half, but then gave up 47 in the second half and blew it. Supposedly, I, I forget what it was, but like with like eight minutes left or something, they were up by like 15 or something like unreal and just blew it. Well, I, well, let me let me let me do you one better. Oh, he's going to be eighth because Baylor is even worse. They lost to Texas Southern by three. So Texas Southern is a tournament team. They they made oh, the that's baseball, true. They, okay, they, okay. They made the NCAA tournament, oh, so yeah. they're kind of they're kind of a weird team that can kind of pull that though. Yeah, but Charlotte Forty okay, Nineers, okay. yeah. a team that just <laughs> lost to Chattanooga. Char- Charlotte's bad. Okay, so OU and Baylor is it's iffy, but at least I don't know. I. I what are you saying? It says Baylor men's basketball first in Big well, Twelve. Well, everyone's first in Big Twelve <laughs> because nobody's played any in the Big Twelve. They did beat Southern U by by thirty, but you know, yeah, I don't know. the The point is, I don't think this OU team's going to be bad. I think they're not going to compete for the Big Twelve by any means, but I think this this could be a fun team. So check out and watch them. So well, I was talking basketball. I think that's pretty much talking everything. So oh, yeah. Yeah, appreciate y'all listening, tuning in. Shout out to the three people who bought my post bought my post game podcast one dollar a week. Uh, signed up for it on the Patreon or Venmo me. Just you know, I don't know. You know where to find me. Check me out on fa- on on Twitter at scoot at scooter blog or you know you know you know where to find me. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, shout out to. <laughs> My dad, uh, Ty Milligan, and for some reason, Katie Hall. Thank you for... <laughs> wow, the, there we go. Yeah, from, from Abilene, Texas. Yeah, the, the, I, It was good, good stuff. Sh- hey, shout out. If you donate, you get a shout if out. If you get $1, <laughs> you get a shout out on the podcast, and you get like a, a, a decently coherent uh, podcast of me walking back from the game and, you know, really, really riveting stuff, but... Uh, yeah, so thank you for that. If you want to hear more of this stuff, just keep donating on Patreon to all three of you or more. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, make sure to like, review, five stars on uh, Apple Podcasts. We're still a five-star pod. Still still raise it, rising up there. Um, it's, been, it's, it's been a heck of a fun season. We're going to hopefully close it out. And we will see you next week when we talk about the showdown in Morgantown. <laughs>